Hi, welcome to the Jack and Ian show. I'm Jack Laughlin. Unfortunately, today, Ian Nepetian cannot join us, but to make up for it, we have brought on two guests from the On the Prowl podcast from my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Cannot be more excited to have both Robert and Rami on with us today. How are y'all doing? I'm pretty good, man. How about yourself? Thank you for having us on. Doing great. Just ready for this weekend of college basketball to be here this week. Oh, yeah. No, college basketball is starting. We'll get into that a little later, but right now it's Sunday, meaning yesterday we got to watch a lot of college football, and y'all's school uh, got a big win over SMU. How y'all feeling after that one? Uh, It was a big one. I mean, it was definitely much needed because if we win next Saturday, we're bowl eligible. So that'll – hopefully we don't lose because I think we've been in a bowl game. I think every year for the past five or six years, ever since the BYU game. And so it's just kind of fun to watch our hometown Tigers go to a bowl and win and celebrate with the team and coaching staff and bring it back to the city. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was a big win. And it's a team that you're also very familiar with, with the uh, DFW area. So um, it, was, it was a big win. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, he played a decent game. But, I mean, we ended up taking the W. Uh, we got an interception in clutch time. That was awesome. So, yeah, uh, I was very, very happy with how how it went yesterday. Yeah, I'm a little too familiar with SMU for my own life. Um, and then it yeah, sounds I, like you went to the TCU game, which former two former Tigers, TJ Carter and Obena Easy, play for. That's true, yeah. So they've been pretty good. TJ Carter, that we've moved him back to safety. I remember him being just an awesome corner. I wish we moved him back there, but. You know, that was a big, big win for us yesterday against uh, the Baylors of uh, the Bears of Waco. So, yeah, that, that was that was definitely a fun, fun game. Um, y'all mentioned it, though. So y'all are close to bowl eligible. Um, you know, obviously, y'all got a freshman quarterback back there. So, I mean, it's a younger team. It's a little bit more rebuilding with Silverfield. But how have y'all felt about this season really as a whole? Um, you know, the record's not necessarily what we're used to um, as Tiger fans or people that followed the team for the last five or six years um what's what's the overall feel of the program right now um for me personally I feel that it's uh it's decent for for what uh it could have been I know like you said we could have been expecting better especially record wise but I mean uh I was thinking it was kind of a wash of a season anyways uh, this was uh Silverfield's first real year uh like considering all the COVID stuff from last year but uh, I mean, we got a freshman quarterback. Uh, our starting quarterback is out this entire season. Uh, a lot of transfers that left and came in this year. So I mean, uh, it was it was definitely going to be a different different feel of the team. But I definitely think we kind of weathered the storm a little bit. I think next year is going to be a lot better. We got uh one more year of experience under our belts for next year. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, it's yeah. Like Raymond said, I mean. It's different. It's definitely a different feel because when most of the guys that Norvell had here with him when he was the head coach, it was just, it felt like a one-loss program, and we also had those undefeated seasons. But it just it's kind of odd to look on the TV or look on the schedule and it's a four and four. But I mean, it's it's what it is, and you know, not every year we can go to the conference championship, so it's it's fine. It's just we sit back, rebuild, watch film, learn about it, and then we come back next year and be stronger. And Silverfield should much more have a stronger uh, 
what's a good way to put it? I guess he would have a because like yeah, because Raymond mentioned this is re- his really his real first year with crowds and fans and student sections, but it'll just be a good feeling next year for him because he'll be more comfortable with the crowds and his players and he's bringing in. It'll be a, a much more bigger selection of his recruits, so it'll be a good way for him to just rebuild the program back to a winning Memphis Tiger football team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, Silverfield, when he was picked, he was a big, uh, big players coach. All the players loved him. Fans were really happy that he was picked. I remember at the time, uh, what's the feeling about Silverfield uh, within that program right now? Obviously, with a uh, season where you're 500, uh, there's a chance yeah. you go to a bowl game, but there's also that chance that you don't. Uh, you know, if y'all don't make it to a bowl game, does that change how you look at Silverfield? Um, you know, what, what are y'all thoughts on him? Um, I, I like him as a coach. He's a great guy. He he was a good guest. We we got to we had the chance to interview him on, on our on the Prowl podcast show, and so right. that was a great interview that went well. But other than that, I just think he's very he is very smart at football and football IQ. He knows what guys he wants around him based off his staff, and he knows what type of players he wants an offense to run. So it's just very interesting to see as a new head coach who's who has never been a head coach get to run a young program like this. And that's why I don't think his time in Memphis is going to be short. I think he has at least a, a few more seasons. Like by few, I mean like four to five plus, but not. I don't think it'll be the end of this season. I, I'd be really shocked if it was this year. I – I definitely think that it's this season at least. I think it's it's fine because you you brought up a really good point. Uh, that's the players coach the players coach uh aspect of Ryan Silverfield. Uh, last year, I mean no, twenty nineteen when uh we went to the Cotton Bowl and Norvell wasn't the coach because that was Silverfield's first game. Um, you could see all the fan um, fans players just rallying around Coach Silverfield Coach Silverfield in his coaching debut. So, I mean, I definitely think that that was that's important. I definitely think that uh, the, the on-field product is great, but that is enhanced when you're actually playing for somebody who you like, you care for, you respect, you, uh, like, love playing for, you know? So I definitely think that this season is going to be – it's going to be fine. I, I do expect this to go to a ball game, so – so I mean I not I'm not necessarily coming from the perspective of if we don't come to the bowl if we don't go to the bowl game I'm sorry but um yeah I I definitely think that at least for this season that uh I think the overall feeling for Coach Silverfield is still going to be pretty pretty positive I'd say yeah no I get yeah, I get what you of, mean I, as well go as, ahead Robert oh sorry I wanted to just piggyback off of Amy uh. Yeah, the moment he got hired, he had said, Memphis is my dream job. This is where I want to be a head coach at and build my staff around and family around. But he had also mentioned that Memphis was a dream job for him. And I definitely believe that because Memphis has gone through some great head coaches with Fuente, Norvell, and now Silverfield. And I think Silverfield will be the one to keep this job forever, basically. I don't think it'll be you're here for four years, goes and takes it 
SEC job, like, or not like anyone, but just like leave the program to take a another school job. I think Silverfield is the man for the job, and I think he'll be here for years. Yeah. And when he got hired that day, the whole team they went crazy when he walked in that locker room. They jumped around him, had a party. Yeah. The fun time for that Tiger team that day. Yeah, yeah, I remember all that happening. I mean, I would have been back in Memphis at the time. And the, uh, I remember personally being excited about Silverfield. I thought, obviously, I still care about the Tigers. I want them to do well. Right. Um, I pulled for him uh, in the AAC. Uh, you know, I mean, I was excited that he was named the head coach because all the players loved him, uh, meaning he was doing something right, it felt like. And so that, that there was just so much excitement over the program when he took over. Um, I, I mentioned how I pull for the Tigers within the AAC, and it, it, there's now a lot of questions around the way conferences look and with all the conference realignment that happened uh, with the Big 12. Now you have teams like Cincinnati, uh, UCF, and Houston that are now leaving the AAC, uh, you know, Big 12 adding those schools. You got Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC. What do y'all think uh, – first, we'll talk about realignment, I guess, as a whole in a second. But what do y'all think realignment means for Memphis in the immediate and both in the future? Well, first, this is, like, kind of off topic, but I do have a question for you. As a TCU student, how do you feel about uh, Gary Patterson? Because, I mean, now oh, he's yeah. coach. I, I do want to – I did want to ask that before I got into my answer. I just was wondering. Oh, no, no, no. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I feel pretty good about it I feel like it could have been a little more elegant in terms of the way uh it happened I feel like we we at a good way of putting it is Gary Patterson made this program without Gary Patterson TCU football be absolutely nothing there'd be no chance we'd be in the big 12 first so first off there's a reason he has a statue outside the stadium and he earned that 100 percent oh yeah the issue is not what he did in the first really 16 or so years it's more of what the last four years have looked like uh Last four years, they've been a bunch of seven, eight win seasons. Right now, until yesterday, we were three and five, now four and five. But three and five is really bad for the Big 12. That's a really bad, bad record with one win over Texas Tech and a loss to, we lost to SMU, we've lost to Kansas State, a bunch of just losses that should have been wins. And so it, it kind of felt like it was time for both to kind of part ways because it felt like the program just got so stale because I think he'd been there for too long. Yeah. And I think it, it kind of came to a natural end. And obviously we're extremely grateful for all Gary Patterson did, but it was kind of time to move on. And especially now it feels like there are so many good, uh, good candidates out there to take this job. I think TCU is a really good job. They've got pro level facilities in a big major market in Texas, which yeah. is a very fertile recruiting ground. Oh, TCU is yeah. a good job. Uh, probably one of the top three, four, five jobs out there, uh, depending on how, what other coaches get fired. But I, I feel pretty confident that we can replace Gary with someone that should have this program uh, just be new, be fresh, be exciting again. And so it, it, there's kind of a lot of hope right now. And who would you personally say is your leading candidate, like as far as who would you want? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot, so. Yeah, yeah. So there are a couple fun ones. There are a couple more realistic ones. Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Uh, yeah. Billy Napier from Louisiana, kind of the same type of coach. Um, 
you know, you've got Deion Sanders. His name's been thrown out. Uh, and then you've also got – I don't know how I'm blanking on this dude's name. It should be in my notes uh, from a second ago. Uh, I actually have notes on TCU. <laughs> TCU coaches because I wanted to show you the other day to talk about this. Hey, there you um, go. So I had to flip back for a second. Uh, Kellen Moore. He apparently – he's the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys the right now. Guy. He apparently reached out to TCU uh, asking about the job. So, I think Kellen Moore, honestly, would be my favorite to be hired. But uh, there are a lot of really good candidate, candidates out there uh, to have in this new Big yeah. 12 as that kind of gets started. I mean, you want to look exciting. That's exciting. Oh, yes. Also, as you mentioned about some of the fun ones, I mean, SEC football isn't over. And so, you never know who's going to be let go. Could Dan Mullen be let go from Florida? Yeah. Ed Orgeron, his contract or his – he won't be LSU head coach next year. And then you've got a couple of other schools like Mike Norvell at Florida State, familiar name. And so there's also potential rumors about Lane Kiffin could leave Ole Miss for another bigger job. But I doubt he oh, yeah. would leave for an, another SEC school. But you just never know. And a lot of what happens every year is the Alabama coordinators will go and take a head coaching job. Right. Yeah, there's just, it just feels like there's so much shifting in this college football landscape but right now. I, I um, do want to mention one thing, though, to, to you. I do think this year is the year that one of Clemson's, whether it's OC or D.C., takes a head coaching job. Yeah. No, Clemson's uh, offensive coordinator has been rumored for the TCU job. I don't want him. Clemson's offense has been pretty bad this season. Yeah. So uh, they can keep him, but yeah, I, I, there there are plenty of other candidates that I would prefer. I've also heard a uh, Sonny Dykes name thrown out there a couple times. Yeah, no, Sonny Dykes when it first was announced, he was named kind of the front runner for the job until um, until you've had some other names pop up, and then it's like, oh, we actually can do better. <laughs> like a lot of yeah. people, are like, oh, I think we actually can do better. Sonny yeah. Dykes at first kind of seemed like the most realistic because he's yeah. he's literally would not have to move houses. Yeah, I was going to say like, he's in the area. He he's already in the area. He knows how to recruit in the area. He's really good with transfers. Yeah. Um, he obviously has done a really good job at SMU. So I wouldn't be mad about Sonny Dykes. I think it'd be a little disappointing now given some of the names that we've seen. Yeah. But I think he'd still be a pretty good hire. How, how far yeah. is me from TCU? Um, maybe like uh 40 minutes oh that's not bad 40 45 minutes something like uh, that yeah that's not bad at all <clears throat> so no it's not expect, do you expect like Chandler Morris to be on the team next year if a new head coach were to bring his name to the title as TCU's head coach and wants his quarterback at his former school to transfer to TCU with them oh goodness um I think honestly given what happened yesterday with Chandler Morris I don't know if y'all watched that game but Chandler Morris looked like prime Johnny Manziel when he was winning the Heisman it was unbelievable he was so so good and so that honestly should help attract a coach to TCU uh especially I I don't think he's planning on transferring because he's already transferred once now talking about Chandler Morris do you think his dad could take the job um it'd be interesting I don't know how much I would want his dad (laughs) given Arkansas uh and how he was as an offensive coordinator at Auburn so yeah, uh, I think he's a fine coach. I think his son's an awesome quarterback. But, I definitely uh, think he'll tell his dad, hey, apply for this job. I want you to coach me. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that'd be an interesting trade-off. Yeah, I, I didn't really, really think of that. that could, I, don't I didn't that. really think of that. That could honestly happen, though. Yeah, it could. I mean, hypothetically. 
Where he's a where's he coaching now? He's Jack. a high school coach. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I mean, I guess it's possible. It certainly is possible, but but I mean, why man. wouldn't you want your dad to be your head college coach? So I mean, if yeah. you want to if you want to further your career, I feel like there are better candidates. For, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying he's probably like favoring the job the most. The two of them. That's true. I think, man, Chandler Morris. As long whatever happens, as long as we keep him here, like he he showed he gave. Or if so he much doesn't get the head coaching job, he could get hired as like an OC for y'all. Oh yeah, no, he yeah. could. I could see him. I could definitely see him getting hired on the staff. It's like even an assistant head coach or something. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's realistic. Yeah, I could see that a little bit more than going straight to head coach, given what's happened the last couple of times he's been in a major position within a program. And another thing is he was at SMU before Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. So, I mean, he's he's obviously familiar with the area. He's a Texas guy, so he'd obviously be able to recruit well here, I think. So, I wouldn't be I, – I wouldn't like him – I would like him to be on the staff if we got him because I think he'd honestly be really good in that position. Yeah. But I don't think head coach would really uh, fit all that well uh, going into the future. Yeah, you know? I Anyway, um, I guess going back to the conference uh, realignment conversation, I mean, what are y'all's thoughts about that with Memphis and the AAC? I think Memphis needs to get out ASAP. But we're okay, so where do you think is the uh, a landing spot that would be realistic for Memphis when you look kind of at all those conferences? Like, do you, I mean, because the Big 12, 12. expanded one, I wanted Memphis to land in the Big 12, I thought they were deserving. I don't know how that didn't end up happening, but it didn't. Um, so I guess the question now is, I mean, like, where where do you go from here? You said get out ASAP, but I mean, what options do you think they really have? Replace Vanderbilt, SEC. <laughs> if, if that were realistic, yeah. that'd be great. But um, I personally think that the Big Twelve is aren't. The conference realignment isn't over. I don't think it's going to happen like tomorrow or anything, but I think within the next couple of years, they'll kind of realize that they could do more probably. I think because I've, I've heard murmurs. I don't know how true they are, but I've heard murmurs that the Big 12 said they're not done conference realigning. So, and the, uh, Memphis and Boise State were the two big names that they were looking for. So I, I do think that is still, still in, the po- in the realm of possibility, which if that were the case, then, I would love it because I definitely think that the Big 12 would be great and realistic at the same time. So I, uh, that's what my personal thought is, that we will actually land up in the Big 12 within the next couple of years, but I still think we deserve it now. So, Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Uh, I think that the Big 12 probably will in a few years. Uh, I, at first, when they first said they were going to expand, I didn't think it'd be four. I thought it'd be six. Me too. I thought I thought they'd be trying to get to an even 14, 16 teams instead of getting to 12, yeah. just from a pure revenue standpoint. So I wouldn't be shocked if they add two more teams, even if it's like even SMU and Memphis, if they can't I, get what, Boise State to leave. So I was thinking SMU was another pretty deserving one, but I know that that – being close to TCU probably didn't help. Yeah, the the issue with SMU was more just uh, recruiting and just splitting the fan, like just splitting kind of the DFW area. It, it, it's obviously a really massive market, but SMU, honestly, 
they kind of claim Dallas is their thing, but there aren't many SMU fans in Dallas. SMU is kind of like scattered all over the place. Um, but uh, TCU is a little bit more centered in Fort Worth, it feels like. And so, yeah. you know, it, it, it does feel like TCU has a bigger draw in terms of attendance, facilities, all that stuff. But TCU is definitely a better probably program. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're looking at the Big 12, and what their options are in adding teams, SMU, at least in my mind, kind of becomes more and more realistic um, of an ad. Yeah, I mean, they, are, Memphis. they are a pretty uh, wealthy school. Yeah. So I think that helps. And like you said, they are in a bigger market, but the, the competition between that and TCU probably did was a drawback because at least recently they've been a pretty decent program, I'd say. Jack, oh, I wanted right. to ask you a off topic question real quick yeah oh boy so you're you're from memphis obviously and you go to tcu do you see any desmond bain grizzly jerseys around campus oh yeah yeah no you see the desmond bain stuff a good bit um grizzly jerseys or just tcu uh kind of both yeah you kind of got a little bit of both uh desmond bain he, uh, he was at a football game. I think he was at the SMU or Cal game for football. Um, and they, like, showed him on the, the screen at the game or whatever. Uh, he's definitely a big name here. Uh, he, he meant so much to the basketball program. Was absolutely awesome in his time here now, obviously. He is having a fantastic season with the Grizzlies. Uh, he seems to get better uh, every year, I guess, from the last year to this year. He's gotten infinitely better. And so – shooter. What? Automatic three-point shooter. Oh, yeah. And, and not even that. He's, he's expanded his game so much in terms of being able to just to get to the bucket or being able to pull up from that mid-range. I mean, he is he, – he's, he's been awesome. But, yeah, I mean, around TCU, people here definitely love him. Uh, he's super involved in TCU athletics still. Uh, he'll come back. Like, he'll be back on campus every once in a while when he can make it. So, people here definitely love Desmond Bain. For sure. Good. For sure. For sure. Yeah, he goes down to Tiger football games, and he hangs out with Jaron down there, and it's always fun yeah. to get together. Yeah, 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 I heard heard all those, uh, you know, all those guys are always down there. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Bame, Bame was awesome in college here. Yeah, um, college basketball is also around the corner. Y'all we should have should. a very fun season this year. We should. We should be if it all goes right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what's what's the – feeling about that are y'all anxious nervous you're all excited hopeful I mean the thing is it feels like there's so much pressure to be like a final four level team um that it might not be as fun if y'all don't get there but man is this team talented how are y'all feeling about it I'm I'm excited I know Ramey is because he's he's around everyone at school and on campus walking around him and he hears it in his ear left and right but I mean I'm I'm excited but also it's like I wish we didn't start off the season playing the bad no-name teams like Tennessee Tech or who else is – or whoever is behind them. But it's just like I wish it could go straight into great games instead of the easy win blowouts. I mean, we, we kind of need uh, – any team we kind of need these, those, especially a team like us where we're uh, – Everybody's new, basically. Yeah, we're, we're new. We're super talented. We need a gelling process, so – might as well get these gelling pro- the gelling process in with some good uh, team building, hopeful wins. So December eighteenth, I'll be in Nashville for Memphis versus Tennessee. That that'll be a big game. Yeah, 
Uh, what have y'all heard, I guess, about more specific players, namely like a Jalen Dern or Imani Bates? Is there any buzz about them specifically? Like, oh, watch out for this guy having a big year for this reason? Or, you know, is there any, um, I guess, ear to the ground stuff that's kind of just going around campus about those guys, I guess, in particular? Hasn't been relatively quiet about the team. Oh, it's uh, it's been pretty loud, I'd say, uh, especially Jalen. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot about Jalen Duran, uh, especially with all this, uh, the preseason uh, awards given out to him, uh, freshman of the year, uh, all-conference first team. Like, he, he's got a lot of big expectations. And like you said, having expectations can be a great thing, but it can also be a, a negative thing with uh, if you don't live up to them. But I, I've definitely been hearing a lot about Jalen. And, I mean, Omani is – great but I definitely think that next year since he's technically not eligible this year for uh, the NBA draft it'll definitely be his his team next year so I'm definitely thinking that this year at least it's probably uh, Jalen spotlight I'd say yeah I was about to ask you about that so you think there's any chance that they end up sticking around for more than one year does it seem like I guess you mentioned Amani I mean he's got to be here for two but do you think uh there's any chance they end up sticking around for more than one year, or is that possible by this point? I think Dern's a one and done. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. when I talked to him on campus outside of the UC, I couldn't believe the size of his hand because he he gave me a handshake, and I was like, dude, my hand. I mean, I look. It looked like a my hand was like a baby hand. I mean, it was just that. It was crazy, and then. We were, were walking, and he would just make me look like a little kid. Yeah. Crazy. How, I mean, it's – and then just watching him on the basketball court is, like, what I'm excited for. It's like, what is what is he going to be able to do against all these, like, college basketball players and just monster jam dunk on them and shoot crazy on them? I mean, it's just – tip off. I mean, tip um, – Yeah. No, when it's when when you're tied up and you know you got to jump at center court, I mean it'll just be crazy to see him jumping and doing all that crazy cool stuff. Oh, I mean that that's kind of to say the least about this team. You're returning a couple guys, you know, y'all yeah. got a couple guys that transferred out, like DJ Jeffries, obviously Damian Balls now uh, TCU. Sure, saw him Chick Fil A the other day. Uh, it's actually, oh, nice. it's nice. a funny story. I was talking with a buddy who's also from Memphis, and they were talking about like, uh, you know, the Grizzlies, the Tigers, all that stuff. Yeah. And then we were like, oh yeah, it's kind of like. Then it came up like with TCU stuff, and we're like, oh yeah, it's kind of like crazy Damian Balls here. And right as we say that, we just see him walk around the corner. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I think that's <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Right after I say that sentence, I'm like, oh my, that's Damian Ball right there. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, it is. Yeah. You talk to but, him, or did he hear y'all? No, 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 I don't think so. Because, I mean, we were about to – I think I had a class in, like, a second. So, I was like, if I end up talking to him, there's no way I make it. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's – you all had a bunch of guys transfer in, uh, out, but now you all got a bunch of guys like, you know, Landers, Noli, and uh, Nolly. Uh, I've been away for too long. Landers, <laughs> Landers Nolly, and, uh, you know, uh, you all still got Lester there, right? Uh, Y'all got a couple guys that are returning that should be, you know, just able to be plug and play by this point because they've now been with the program for a year or two. Um, Do y'all think any of those guys could take a step forward? I remember especially like Lester. um, 
yeah, when um, he first came in, he was a really highly ranked recruit, had NBA aspirations. Uh, do you think that's a possibility for a guy like him? I do. He's another great, amazing defensive player. He plays the defensive well. Kind of reminds you of the Tony Allen grit and grind defense. He's just always in your ear, never getting away from the guy with the ball, and he's just always right there in your face and in your area. And you just want you don't want him there, but he's always there, just in your zone. And then you've also got, like you mentioned, some other guys coming in. But I I do think this is Lester's good year because I mean I think this year after every all these top commits with Dern and Bates, I do think guys will declare for the draft. I, yeah, yeah, I I want to kind of go off of what he's saying. I definitely think uh, it's going to be Lester kind of taking that jump because I mean with all all the buzz about Imani and Jalen, uh, Lester's kind of taking the back seat per se, and uh, for this team, but I definitely think he's still going to be very valuable. I mean, he's a, he proved how unselfish, I mean, how unselfish he is. He's a, these past couple seasons. So I definitely think that he can uh, work with this team well. He's going to be uh, kind of that wing defender, like, like uh, Robert was saying. And he's I definitely a fan think, favorite here. In- he's also a fan favorite. That's very true. So I definitely think that he's, gonna have a lot going for him this year so as long as he just continues what what he's doing I think he'll be fine and I do think the NBA is is possible for him I don't think he'll be a lottery guy I think he could he'll probably be like toward the second round but I I do think that he could make his NBA aspirations come true yeah for sure um I got a lot uh, of shooting guards on the team though this year so it's gonna be Difficult yeah. to see with the lineup. I think the lineups will be different each game, especially in yeah. the beginning part of the year. I think maybe by Christmas, if that, I think Penny will start to kind of name the starters. But I think up until then, it'll be kind of a different guys, different rotation each night. It's also going to be interesting, I guess, see uh, who kind of gets the ball in their hands the most. I mean, you've heard, you know, about possibly uh, using Amani as a point guard. Yeah. You know, I mean, he has the ball in his hands every single um, possession. I mean, who are y'all kind of expecting to be the leaders when talking about if it's like the last shot of a game? I mean, who's taking – I mean, who, who do y'all think is taking that shot for Memphis this season? Ooh, that's uh, we'll a say- good one. I would definitely – I mean, like, what type of shot? Is it, is it a two – is it you're down we'll by say- three, you're down by no. one, you're down by two? What is it? We'll say it's a one-point game. Y'all are down one. Y'all uh-huh. need a bucket. Who's getting y'all a bucket? Oh, definitely throwing it to Dern in the middle in the paint, drawing and one and get a foul. Yeah. I still say Landers. Oh, you're saying Landers. Okay. I am. He's uh, – I mean, he's he's probably got some of the most experience on the team. I definitely think with a young team that learning curve is going to be important. So, at least for the time being, I say Landers because he's got the experience under his belt. Uh, those clutch situations definitely need experience. So I say give it to Landers now and kind of let him let these other guys develop through there. And then it can be Jalen and then it can be Imani. Well, my other, my second opinion is a guy you wouldn't expect to be heard in this. It's a new guy. It's a transfer from Oregon, Chandler Lawson. Yeah. And so I'm, in, I'm interested in seeing how he can run the floor and how many points he can put up a game, and if he can be in those 
we need a win right now. Can I? Th- can you be the guy with the ball to go down and win this game for us and hit the game winner? Right. I'm, I'm kind of shocked y'all didn't say Imani. It feels like a dude with that type of length can get the shot off no matter what. Yeah. You know? I just – I mean, just be – just him being able to create. You just go ISO with him. I mean, I, I can't imagine he at least doesn't get the shot off. I, yeah, I think yeah, he'd probably be – oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just don't – he's so young. Not not just age, but it just – on the in the uniform. And so it's just – He's never been in a college basketball atmosphere like the like for instance that Houston one where we needed to hit the game winner. But I, I just think I mean now what we're all obviously not gonna know who the guy will be, but Penny will pick it out and but I think it'll Penny will let him do it, but I, I think it'll be kind of a throw it to whoever you want and they all trust each other trust each other. And yeah. To the point you were making about the his length, I I think his ability to play make and using his length, I definitely think he'll be like the inbound guy per se. So like like let's just say after yeah. timeout, so uh, take it from from uh, out of bounds, he can he can kind of see who's who's getting open. If someone needs to lob it up, I definitely think he can be utilized in that role. I like he'll be important to the play on hundred percent, but. I could definitely see that being used. I expect Halo to be the inbounds that guy, makes sense. throwing it to either Duran, Bates, or one of the guards. He's just so yep. small that if if someone gets gets their hand up, that's that's what my thought process is. Yeah, but if he chunks it in the air, Duran will pick it up. He picks up anything in his area. Not if it gets deflected. That's true. Yeah, that that'd be the or, or I guess, with. Uh, or I guess he could throw it off their ankle. Max. If he needed to, yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, some other stuff uh, recently in the sports world. Uh, this is more t- kind of a conversation uh, at large, not necessarily centered on Memphis, though it could include them. Uh, Cincinnati kind of. Some people think rightfully got pushed back. Some people think wrongfully pushed back in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, what are y'all thoughts on that, and what that means for a group of five schools? and their chances of ever making the college football playoff when that's uh, just the top four teams in the country? Well, the new AP poll just came out, and they are ranked two. Alabama's three. So, I don't know. I mean, see, I'm biased because I'm a Memphis fan, and Memphis is obviously in the same conference. So, I just don't want – every Saturday, I'm like, I wish this could be the day they take their first loss for talking about Cincinnati. I just don't want them to do good. I, <laughs> yeah, I personally would disagree. I want them to succeed because I think it looks better for the conference as a whole. I think they were wrongfully um, pushed back. I, I mean, that Notre Dame win. I, I I know people have their things about Notre Dame being an overrated team, yada yada yada. But you're still going to South Bend in that atmosphere. And winning a pretty convincing game. I mean, it, I don't think that game was necessarily close. I think Cincinnati kind of had it from the jump. Uh, Desmond Ritter said, did what he said he was going to do, silence that crowd early. Um, I don't. I can't see many teams doing that. I think that uh, Desmond Ritter and that team has shown many times that 
that they are deserving of being a top four seat, top four team. I mean, and here's my thing. You, you play who you're scheduled to play. I, I'm a believer that uh, any team is, can beat any team any given day. So they go out and win their games. And I think they're deserving of a top four uh, berth in the college football playoff. Yeah. No, I, I get that 100%. I'm, I'm kind of of a sem- similar opinion. I don't think they should be number two in the country like the AP poll says right now. Correct. But four I don't think would be unreasonable. You, I, you I got agree. a top, top ten win against Notre Dame. You've gone undefeated. Now, granted, that win against uh, Tulsa yesterday, it was Tulsa right. One that yesterday? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like that one against Tulsa was not insanely convincing. Correct. Uh, and that, that didn't help them. The Tulane, they almost blew it. Yeah, no. So, I mean, that's two weeks straight now where you've almost lost to a to a non-Power 5 school. That And Tulane's not a good team, and Tulsa's not particularly amazing or anything. And so you kind of have to – from that perspective, I see why the committee has them where they do. But then you also have that Notre Dame win, and you're like, what? wait, so I don't understand, though. Notre Dame's won every other game they've played except for this one. Uh, and yet Cincinnati still is – you know, like six, seven, somewhere around there every single week that the college football playoff comes out with their rankings. I think it would be much more realistic for them to be um, around the four spot or so. Yeah, and and that's the thing. You, you do bring up a good point because, I mean, Oklahoma, um, they almost lost to, to Tulane in there, not in the top four. So, yeah, it, it is, sure, it is not in the top four. Huh? I said, I sure hope Tulane is not in the top four. I'm talking about Oklahoma, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought you said Oklahoma. Tulane. No, but that is a good point. But I, I still do think that teams can have off weeks, and they had an off week but still won. I know it was against Tulsa, but it's – I think that four is pretty pretty reasonable. Yeah. Especially with, with all the all the losses – uh, in college football, there's only four, four teams remaining, four undefeated teams remaining. So, yeah, no, for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I kind of hope Cincinnati oh, yeah. ends up getting the playoff berth when it's all said and done. Um, uh, one more thing, and then I'll let y'all guys go. It's been an absolutely awesome interview with you. Um, oh, yeah. the Rams play the Titans tonight. Um, it should be an interesting game. Both of y'all obviously care about uh, your teams in this, um, you know, Titans now without Derrick Henry, Rams just adding uh, some defensive, uh, you know, strength with Miller, Von Miller coming at, you know, it, it should be an interesting game for both teams to see how they kind of respond to different roster changes. Um, oh, no, Von Miller's out. Game, really? time, game time decision. Game time. <laughs> He's probably going to be out, but it's still a game time decision. I, I still, I'm still, uh, leaving in some hope. Yeah, what are y'all's thoughts about that tonight? Well, I'll go first since Ramey has a much longer discussion about it. Um, no, I'm excited. I'm, you know, Titans always play good on primetime TV when the whole world is watching, and it's strange because they also play amazing against the best teams and they play terrible against the worst teams and end up winning by three or winning by a comeback 
touchdown within the last seconds of the game. So I definitely think it'll be a, a fun game, not one you have to walk away from or we have to convert this third down to be able to get this or stay in this game. I definitely think it'll be a Titans score, Rams score, you know, it's just back and forth scoring. But right. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm excited to see Adrian Peterson. I'm interested in seeing how he can run after not playing in a couple of seasons. But it'll be a fun game. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I'm definitely excited. Uh, we, we're carrying in a lot of momentum. We won four straight. Uh, I definitely think that we can we can uh, come out and dominate. I definitely think we can come out and play a little rough. Uh, that's one thing about my team. We're kind of inconsistent sometimes, and that's one of my one of our biggest flaws. But um, I'm excited. I I definitely think that we have the the firepower going for us. I definitely think that uh, as long as we play Rams football, uh, get pressure to Ryan Tannehill, I think we'll be fine. So I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Should be a fun game. Uh, Rami, you you have particular interest uh, with, obviously, your namesake playing. Uh, so what what's the story of how you're named after the Rams? All right, so my dad's dad, my grandfather, he was in the military, and he was stationed in Germany. And so uh, this was when the Rams were first in L.A., so... They went from Cleveland to L.A. to St. Louis, back to L.A. And that's where we are currently. So first time in L.A. before St. Louis. Um, and at the military base, my the uh, TV coverage was just strictly West Coast because that was the closest to where the facility was or whatever. But um, so my dad, he grew up watching Rams football because that was pretty much the only type of football that was on. Um, and he fell in love with Rams football, and that's when he became a Rams fan. And so that kind of just stuck with him uh, throughout, and that's where my name came from. There you go. Yeah, Rammy, named after the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Like y'all said, it should be interesting. Uh, thank y'all so much for doing this interview. I mean, it's been a blast, at least on my end. Oh, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a fun one. So, do you uh, care if have I say good... something one more time? Yeah, yeah. For those of you that are listening to Jack and Ian show, we appreciate Jack and Ian for having us on this episode with us. Oh, yeah. Getting to talk sports and share our stories with them about how we became our own show as well and how we're friends with Jack and Ian. But also, if Jack and Ian don't mind, Y'all giving us a follow on all social media platforms at on the prowl 901. Oh yeah. Just supporting supporting the podcast. We'll, we support Jack and Ian, so so we appreciate it. if y'all can help support us. That would be awesome. It's yeah, at yeah, on the prowl no. 901. I saw uh, I saw one of those on the prowl uh, sweatshirts the other day. Uh, uh I I think you posted something where you were wearing it or whatever. How can you get one of those? All right. Good question. Oh, and by the way, I thought you were about to say you saw one on campus. I was like, okay, dang. No, no, no. But I did not see one here, although that'd be pretty cool if I did. I would immediately send you a picture. But uh, yeah, you how, can get, how do you get one of those so I can uh, rock it around campus? Yeah. I need another uh, sweatshirt. You can uh, you can go and at on the proud 901 Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, 
or you can go to either one of our personal Instagram and it's either way it's in the link in our bio click the link tree link and click the merch tab and there you'll go it's absolutely all right uh thank y'all so much thank you uh y'all can check these two dudes out at on the prowl podcast uh what where, where can they find y'all guys soundcloud spotify apple podcast everything google all right podcast. i'm sure every podcast uh app so we're out there just give us a listen and a follow and subscribe all right well jack and ian show listeners you know where to find these two dudes if you liked what you saw uh you know we're absolutely happy to have them robert and i known each other for a while rammy it's kind of nice to meet you i don't know if we've ever actually met before this we have not but i just it's a pleasure meeting you man oh yeah it's been nice getting to talk some sports with you and uh robert so oh yeah uh, good luck with uh the you know y'all show uh hopefully you know we can get y'all back on at some point in the future you guys i'd love to come on hey all right that's gonna be the show for us uh today uh we'll have another episode out like we normally do on tuesday a night wednesday morning ish you can find us um as always on youtube or uh spotify uh we'll, we'll be back with you Uh, on that episode later this week Uh, until then i've been jack laughlin they have been on the prowl podcast thank y'all for listening